the network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is AV Week. Episode 71, recorded Friday, December 28th, 2012. Babblefish. Ready. AV, AV Week. Performing scan. Week. Online. This is AV Week. It's time for AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Tim Albright. I'm your host. Thank you so very much for joining us. With us this week is Dawn Mead. She is the social media maven guru and all-around marketing goddess for NetAV. You also know her know her as AV Dawn. How are you, ma'am? Very good, thanks. By the end of this, you're going to be owning that place, by the way. Um, also is George Tucker. He is the engineering coordinator for World Stage. Uh, he's also at Tucker Twos on Twitter, and he has a TypePad account that I always screw up. So how are you, sir? I'm doing great. How are you? I am well. Last week we did a, the best way to put that is a clip show, because <laughs> it was Christmas. It was Hanukkah. Um, technically, I think it was almost Kwanzaa as well. Not quite. It was actually on the, so- the winter solstice. So if you celebrate um, some sort of pagan holiday, happy winter solstice to you. I, I don't know even know if that's correct, but we'll go with it. Um, so it was just a best of show, really, kind of the, the some of the best interviews we did. One was with our buddy uh, Tom Andrew from uh, from down under in Perth, Australia. Uh, we talked with the guys from Crestron a couple times, uh, Chris Neto and, and a couple other guys. Actually, Miss um, Dawn, I believe your husband was on one of those, so... Uh, tell oh, I'm sure he'll love listening to that. <laughs> <laughs> tell Harry not only is he the best CTSD I know, but he was also on the best of. So, um, sure will. So this week was not really. I mean, the one thing about the, in the in the media business and in, in the news business, um, you you kind of accept the fact that between Christmas and New Year's, not a whole lot of stuff goes on. So we did this last year. We'll do it again this year because you know what? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. We're going to go over and, and do some of the biggest stories uh, of 2012 and then uh, peer into the, you know, the tea leaves, kind of uh, see what we all think is going to happen in 2013. Uh, so we'll go around the horn. Um, I may even, you know, give my own little uh, my own little two cents on what I think is going to happen next year. Uh, but first, I'm going to pick on George because he was right, sort of, about something Um that that came out wrong. You're right about an awful lot of lost stuff. Uh, Wait, sometimes. can we get both my wife, my ex-wife, and my current wife on this? You one? almost said one of them will believe it. All right, just for the record, you almost said both my wives. <laughs> yes, um, I, know. <laughs> I used to work for the Mormons, so hey, I get it. Um, <laughs> my and my wife loves the sister wife show, so you never know. Jeez, all right. <laughs> my goodness, two minutes in and we're already hitting, but you know, bigotry or not? That's not bigotry. I'm here all week. I'm I'm out of it. All right. Um, no. Uh, so you started out the show last year, this very show, uh, and I said, George, what's going to be the 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 thing for 2012? And one of your things, this is the year of OLED. You said, and Don and I said, yay, because <laughs> we're two of the biggest uh, cheerleaders for OLED. We've been waiting for it um, since you know we were 
children almost. Um, so <laughs> it kind of came true, sort of, George, didn't it? Almost. Kind of, sort of. Maybe. <laughs> almost? Um, of, I'm almost yeah. there. Almost there. Um, yeah. I mean, look, a lot of people are tying um, OLED, OLED TVs, which are coming out more and more, to the 4K or the road to 8K revolution that supposedly Or UHD, George. I'm sorry, Ultra HD. Ultra. Can we get a <laughs> reverb on that? Ultra. Ultra. HD. D, D. Um, but alas, yes, I was actually right once, like a broken clock. Um, <laughs> it looks like it's taking off. And I think that that's a very good thing, a very good thing, because that will be all. It, dare I say it, it might actually be a saving grace for at-home 3D. Oh, we'll just retract that and delete it, right? Thank you. So, um <laughs> Not that I would ever buy the 3D version or use it, but it might just be the thing for it because of the quality and the high-density pixel stuff counts, you know, the technical things. You mean, hang on for a second, you mean the OLED might be a saving grace for 3D or 4K might be a saving grace for 3D? Well, as we discussed with or some both. other people, <laughs> as, as we discussed in the past and some, and some other shows, they might be actually tied together, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, th- th- there's a real relationship there that they might just be able to be the combo that pushes it over the edge to success. Hmm. Yeah, we, we also talked about the fact that there, there is a use for 3D, and I, I will go on record as saying this. It's in 4K because technically you're getting 3D in true 1080p HD when you're looking at it in 4K. Did you get all those acronyms, Don? Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm keeping track. <laughs> Playing buzzword bingo. I'm yes. almost there. Ooh. <laughs> um, uh, sorry, I flashed back to like office space for a second. <laughs> Uh, TCP reports and such. Uh, so, Don is is that was was did it pan out? I guess the the whole OLED thing as much for you as you hoped and wished. I mean, did did Harry bless you on Christmas morning with an OLED you know fifty inch display? Oh no, he didn't. Uh, Darn. I now have something to really hold over his head. No. <laughs> he got a new um, job and everything. He was a good boy this Christmas, but not that good of a boy because I didn't get an OLED. Um, I think it did pan out in the fact that I could have gotten an OLED this year. And that makes it probably the first year or maybe the second year since we first heard about this magic term OLED like 12 years ago at this point that, that it would be possible. You know, until now it really hadn't been possible unless you were looking at like the one inch square OLED on a camera or a phone or something. Um, so in that regard, it did pan out that some of them exist. They are in the marketplace. Um, we don't have them yet. It's not on my wall like I want it to be. And it's not bendy like I want it to be. All the things they've been promising me for a decade isn't quite there yet. But the very fact that if you have the money and, and you go to the right store, you can get one, um, I think at this point is Fabulous. So in that regard, it totally panned out. Almost there. Yeah, just almost. Almost there. All right. Just a bit more. Well, and the other thing that, and we are a week or so away, actually, about a week and a half away from CES, which was kind of where, I mean, George was right almost off the bat because that was one of the things that that came down the pike in, in of CES 2012 was OLEDs. It was the fact that LG was going to have one, quote unquote, by Christmas of 2012. The other thing that came out was Sony being Sony, and, and I don't mean to be disrespectful for, from from you know to our wonderful Walkman makers, but they said, oh, they almost said, you know what, um, that OLED thing, nah, that's kind of passe. We're going to give you crystal LCD, 
And that lasted about as long as a Kardashian wedding, to use a really old joke. Um, <laughs> and, and then they kind of went back to OLED because they had the partnership and everything. And so that's the other the reason why I'm, I'm still excited about OLED is the fact that Sony started off the year almost saying we're done with it and then went back to the table. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm as bullish, I think, as, as Dawn is and as hopeful as, as, as we all are when it comes to OLED. The other thing, uh, one of the other stories that, that came out for me this year, at, at the very beginning of the year, uh, and I'm just going to, you know, um, rip the scab off, as it were, and, and just get it over with, the fact that Xtron wasn't at Infocom this year. Um, and we talked about it, literally. I used it in, in the clip show. Literally, it was the 1st of March, and we talked about that statement and that, that press release and the ramifications of that I believe almost all the way through November of last year, after listening to all the shows and reading uh, several blogs of not only ours but of of raves and of CES of, of CE pros and, and commercial integrators and, and other people and, and Chris Netto uh, talking about the fact that Extron wasn't at Infocom this year. And in one of the statements that said uh, from Andrew Edwards, the the head of of Extron, said, "You know what? The people don't go to don't go to trade shows anymore. Quote unquote, they don't go to trade shows anymore." Uh, but one of the inconsistencies that I still find odd is the fact that they were at other trade shows, smaller ones, uh, more localized. And maybe that's the, maybe that's the hitch that they want to, you know, they want to get on with. But to say that nobody goes to trade shows and then go to them is, is still a little disingenuous to me. Um, Particularly when you look at the fact that last year and this year, uh, both years, Infocom posted record numbers. Yes. Mm -hmm. Of attendees. And and ISE, which is coming up at the end of next month. Um, ISE blew Infocom out of the water, if we all remember correctly. They topped 40,000. Um, now, granted, one thing about ISE is the fact that you've got a combination of both CES and Infocom together over in, in Amsterdam. Uh, so they have that going for them. And if you, I guess if you add in Infocom America and CES, you have, I'm not good at math, but roughly about 40, no, about, about 53,000, 52,000, somewhere in there. Um, Thirty-five thousand for for Infocom and about eighteen or seventeen thousand for CES. So you've still got you know really good numbers and they're growing. You're right, Don. So I'm not going to ask you to to kind of I'm not going to ask you to analyze Andrew Edwards' head. Good lord. <laughs> uh, but was this a big story? Was it as big of a story as we and everybody else in the in the AV um, media made it out to be? Absolutely. I, I mean, I don't think you can downplay it. When one of basically the big names of our industry, I mean, Sony and Samsung, those guys are like the big, their fingers are in everything. They're beyond our industry. I mean, they're big names in our industry, but they're more than AV. But just within the AV industry, one of the biggest companies in our industry just shunned the biggest trade show of the industry. Shunned. That's huge news. And, And the fact that they've not taken part in a lot of the stuff that that our industry does now. I mean, not just the big trade shows, but some of the training opportunities. And, you know, they have their own training stuff going on now and their own way of doing things. And, I mean, that's massive. That's like saying, you know, the car makers are having a massive international car show and Ford or GM isn't going to show up. Like, what? I never thought <laughs> of it that it, way, yeah. It's, it's just a ridiculous concept. So I don't think you can downplay the enormity of the story now, you know, it's December. I don't think time has quite told the entire story of whether that's major success on their part 
or a major bonehead move on their part. And I've heard from people in and outside of that company both that it was a major success and a major bonehead move. Yeah. You know, I, I think that time that story will be told in like a year or two or five. I mean, who knows? But it, you can't downplay the fact that as a story, massive. George, to, to Don's point, one thing that uh, Gary Kay, who, let's be honest, is, is a great marketer. He, he does really well with that and has been in the industry forever and a day. Uh, at one point, wrote a blog post that said it was the most intelligent, smartest thing in the world because every week they were releasing something and every week somebody was writing about it. So it was intelligent and, and smart from a marketing standpoint. Um, but do you think it was not only well received, but was it also smart from Extron's point of view? Or from 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 the from the industry point of view for Extron to to leave Infocom. You know, I, originally I was very against it, and I think I, um, I'm having visions of somebody having to wear a scarlet eye on their shirts when they come back or something. Jeez. But um, <laughs> a scarlet E. Yeah, you go. Um, but I don't see the logic in it long term. You know, yes, more and more companies are not fully vesting themselves in trade shows and things like that, but and doing, say, more dramatic, splashy announcements. But I, again, I'm not someone who's going to go to their Extron place, even though I'm one of the decision makers and that kind of stuff all the time. I'm going to go to Infocom, and that's where I'm going to spend a day or at least two days often saying, well, Extron wasn't here. Let's see what so-and-so has. Let's see what the other have. You know, maybe I will go with another company's offerings that does something similar. You know, I mean, there's Aurora Multimedia, there's uh, Keepro, there's Digica. I mean, there's all these places that are showing stuff that it may just fit what I need. Uh, and I think it's a loss for them. Uh, success or not in the short term, I think the long term will be a problem. Well, something else that I think I've said more than once is the fact that you also, not only do you have the loss of foot traffic and, and serendipitous discovery, because, you know, let's be honest, not everybody knows about Extron. Not everybody knows about AV Week. Not everybody knows about, you know, um, you know, Aurora. And so that's one of the nice things that trade shows do is you have that sort of nice accidental discovery of, oh, hey, who are these guys and what do they do? Mm. The other part of that is if you don't bring your people to trade shows, you don't know what everybody else is doing. Yes, you can read press releases and yes, you can read other people's articles and you can, you can, you can read, you know, um, the different magazines and see what is not only in the ads, but what are also you know in the reviews, but there's nothing like you know sick, sicking your engineers on a trade show floor, and just telling them to go discover and talk with other people and share ideas. You know, I mean, between AMX and, and Crestron, these guys are are kind of leading the way when it comes to twisted pair, you know, HD over over twisted pair for long distances and and you know, maintaining content protection. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful to Extron, but they still haven't shipped their stuff on mass, and that's a year and a half ago that they first said, "Hey, we've got digital over twisted pair. Yay, we can do HTCP. Not just just not shipping yet." So, you know, there's there's something to the you know the interaction between engineers and the interaction between the salespeople and between your your uh, your employees. There is something to be said for that. Um, at least I think. I mean, I learn an awful lot from people because I'll be the first person to admit I'm not the smartest guy in the room, never have been, and never will be. But I will always listen, and I will always at least take away something from a conversation. So, Well, I mean, you're, this is also the company whose trade show booth for the last, I don't know, what, 10 years has been basically a fortress. A fortress, yeah. I mean, 
I mean, you walk past, you can't see in it. So if you didn't know who they were, it's it looks like a fortification. <laughs> it's just what is that? I mean, it's very uninviting in, in many ways. So I don't know. You know, again, maybe it's just a culture thing. I had a buddy of mine call it the castle once. So. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I, I won't give attribution <laughs> for that statement in any way, shape, or form. I'll just take it on myself. Uh, so, all right. So we've got Extron. We've got the year of OLED. George, what, what was one or two other, I don't know, starling stories or, or, oh, my goodness, this happened this year? You know, there was lots going on, but is any of it really? I mean, let's, you know what? I want to talk about Nest in particular because... So many people, including CNET and other tech-savvy type magazines, have really focused in on them. This thing has done really, really well. Even the you know professional high-end AV installer guys are kind of thrilled with this thing. Now they don't have a profit model for them in their installation base yet that I under that I know of. Um, but even when you know that CNET is looking at it and saying, "Hey, Sony and Control Four are also working on something similar to Nest," and Nest is there. The Nest is the home automation, and they're seeing Nest as the gateway to the mass sevens. And it's a very interesting dichotomy. They're a very cheap, simple system to be the actual gateway. Eh, cheap is relative. <laughs> because well, I mean, it's inexpensive. I don't want to say it's yeah. cheap because that, that defers, you know, badly made or something. No, no, no. Like it doesn't defer that. It, it defers that, you know, I, I knew how much or I remember how much came out of my bank account when I went and bought one. It wasn't cheap. Yeah, but I did. I did buy one. I did, you know, just for full, you know, disclosure. I bought one. I, I bought it at Lowe's. It was neat. It was neat. Still is. I think it's a cool thing. Um, let me ask you this: So, do you think some of that, because you've got guys like CNET and the other tech, you know, the tech journalists, um, the fact that these guys came out of the Apple culture, is there some maybe mystique surrounding them? There was some of that, you know, Steve Jobs magic that rubbed off on them. And that's why people are excited, or do you think they're genuinely thrilled about the product? Uh, well, I think yes. Part of the reality distortion field is still there, definitely. Um, but it was—it's sexy, it's neat. Mm -hmm. um, I think just like the Apple Trojan horse, as it were. I mean, how many years ago were you saying, "Oh, Apple put out a media player"? Yeah, 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 yeah. That has nothing to do. It's not quality. It's not the future. Um, you know, it's just a little oddity they did this apple tv thing in the 80s and no one bought it either and we were all saying this a lot of people were saying it and look how the ecosystem has come to take over the industry and they're gunning for the industry i think personally they really do think that this is the future it's it's the smart home that everybody's always talked about apple's got the in and it is the same sort of trojan horse well we're just going to control stuff it's just your heat and you know air conditioning but then what else can it control in your house? What else are you going to expand it out to? The one nice thing about the Nest is, is and this comes from a guy who I know nothing about HVAC systems. I, I, you know, I, I barely, um, well, let's just put it this way. I flunked my, my, my CTSD, so let's start there. Uh, <laughs> I have a CTS, just not the D. Uh, it was simple to put in. It was simple to put in. It's wireless, so there's no, you know, I didn't have to run a, uh, a Cat5 to it and, and uh, and do an RJ45. So all of that was very simple, and I can definitely see the the Trojan horse aspect uh, to it. Uh, Don, what was one or two stories this year that either knocked your socks off or, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're forgetting this? Well, I, I, I will get to that, but to, to George's point, I think the story is bigger than just nests. And um, 
the reason I say that is I was fortunate this year. I was picked to be part of the Infocom 100 and um, went with 99 other alleged thought leaders. I is say it really 100? Uh, there's about 100 people there, sometimes a few more with the, the sponsors and, and Infocom staff that come. But it, it's a fairly intimate group of about 100 people um, for the two days that we're there. And the topic this year was building automation, smart buildings, smart, building, smart yeah. building technology. Mm -hmm. And Nest is just one little area of it. Um, you know, if you look at some of the bigger control companies, one of the questions since the 100 and that I asked all the control companies that would come and try to sell us their equipment, you know, do you talk BACnet? BACnet being the building automation control protocol standard that's used with, um, I guess Johnson Controls uses mm -hmm. BACnet, and I'm not even sure who all uses it because that's not my wheelhouse. I'm an AV person. But more and more, the IT world, and the automation world, the facilities world, the AV world, we're all coming together and we can't be in a siloed existence. We're going to have eventually to steal from Tolkien one ring to rule them all. And the question that was brought up at the Infocom 100 and that all of us as AV professionals need to consider is who's going to wield that ring? Is it going to be the IT guy? Is it going to be the facilities guy? Is it going to be the AV guy? Why couldn't it be the AV guy? or the AV guy in collaboration with the IT guy. So the, these are questions that gained a lot of traction in 2012, particularly with the Nest getting so popular and with more and more companies working in IT and also working in backnet protocols and things like that, that it's going to be something your smart integrators over the next year or next five years, next 10 years needs to be aware of and needs to start considering, am I just going to sell them a screen and a speaker? Or am I going to be part of this smart building and green initiative? You know, I mean, there's all these different aspects that tie into it that can be a major moneymaker and a major builder for our industry. We, we just need to be aware of it. And, and Nest is just one little drop in that bucket, but will it be the drop that sort of overflows the bucket? We need, we need to know about it. If you don't know about it, get out there in 2013 and learn. Let me ask you a really crazy, like, all out on a limb question. Okay. Is this the potential uh, of of the smart building for AV guys? Is this maybe a bigger potential than, let's say, digital signage, something that people have been talking about for two or three, four years? That saying, you know what, if you're not doing digital signage, you've got to, you've got to, you know, this is this is the next big um, money making opportunity for AV guys because it's displays and, and it's all, you know, on the network. I see. I, I, I'll go ahead. I was gonna say I see smart as almost a better fit for AV guys because, you know what, digital signage requires you know um, content creation and stuff like that. But when it comes to smart building control, it's stuff that we're already doing, right? Yes, absolutely. And, and that's the, what I was gonna say is, you know, the people that were saying that digital signage is, is where AV is going, they missed the mark. I mean, and that just to be honest, it's just a bunch of TV screens. It's really in the content creation, the marketing aspect, the, you know, the graphics companies, the production companies. Those are the people making money off of digital signage. It's not the AV guy because we just sell them TVs. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I, it, with smart buildings, though, and this is something that they brought up again and again at the Infocom 100, is this is such a plum opportunity for AV companies because it is all stuff we're already doing. The, the control system guys that deal with, like, HVAC and facilities – they have to learn 
how to talk and take disparate systems and make them work together. The IT guys that are used to working in IT, they have to learn how to bring disparate systems together. What do AV people do? We come in and we look at this system and this system, and we're already doing it. We're doing what everybody else is quickly trying to learn in this burgeoning, huge opportunity. You know, we're already doing it. And if we can figure out how to do it on a slightly larger scale, include your HVAC, include your environmental controls, include your IT stuff to a point. Once we get all that figured out, man, like we already own this. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it made so much sense at the 100. And even the people that were at the 100 that weren't AV people, and there were some, there were facilities people there. There were people from Johnson's Control. You know, some of those other companies were there. Even they were like, my God, you people have this. This mm. is you. You just don't know it. Well, that's the thing is you've got, I mean, and, and George mentioned Nest and the fact that it's it's kind of all, it, it's it's pretty, it, it is inexpensive, <laughs> um, not cheap, but it's an, it is inexpensive. And so you've got companies like Sonus. You also have companies like AMX. Um, so you have both ends of the spectrum. But you're right, Don, that is what we're already doing as both residential and commercial guys and gals. Uh, in AV, we make these. We are what was it? The babble fish in um, in uh, uh, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. You know, you, you put the fish inside the ear, and and you can talk to anybody, right? Right. That's AV guys. <laughs> We're babble fish. Yeah, <laughs> and, and and the thing is, I mean, and we talked about this at the 100 Realistically, we're still the little unknown quantity. I mean, IT has a seat at the table in facilities has a seat at the table and AV is usually an afterthought. So realistically, it's not going to be just suddenly AV guys ruling the universe. No. But we can still do it. You just have to know enough to partner with the IT guy or the facilities guy and say, look, I'm already doing this. I'll be your resource for this smart building. And, know, and it's, way, oh, I mean, okay, we're not going to be the lead, you know, we're, we're going to be a sub. We're not going to be the lead contractor on this project necessarily. You know, in the in the greater scope of things, but the opportunity it represents, and if you put yourself out there and learn it and become an expert at it, and just partner with the right people, man, this is where our industry can can just really blossom. You know, and that adds on to the fact that a lot of the stuff that we used to put in as installers depended upon everything from the flat panel installs to the networking for the the content is going away. I mean, with Amazon and Hulu and the simple TVs and the boxies. Some of that stuff that we used to be the bread and butter, the add-ons to what we did at installs, they're just off-the-shelf stuff now that we're not really making a profit on. It's mm-hmm. just an, you know, I'll, yeah, I'll do that too, sure, for the, for the price. Yeah, yeah, you know, because I want your business and I want to do this install. The but HVAC and, and, and smart home control is where it's all going. It's where we can still utilize the tools and the, and the trades that we have. Right. All right, Don. So, be, in addition to you know uh, smart buildings, what was another a story that maybe you know maybe it wasn't as big, but maybe you know kind of kind of knocked your socks off or or uh, was a big story for 2012. Um, you know, I would say that, and and everybody says this, you know, it it is what it is. But this this is when the year when BYOD and mobile just exploded, and it's going to continue to do so. And it's changing already the way we do business. We have to start being aware of, you know, again, over the past two months, we've had a lot of vendors coming into our integrator company, showing us their new stuff and talking about building our business for 2013 and so forth. And several of the of the control companies, both Crestron and AMX, and at least one of the other smaller control companies have been in in the past two months 
And all of them said the same things. And we're making the thing that you can use your own phone or you can use your own tablet or you can use your own, you know, it, 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 the, the buzzwords in the IT world, BYOD, you know, bring your own device mm-hmm. and, and the mobile revolution and everything. But it really is here. It really is here. The, the, the manufacturers are aware of it. They're, they're making their products that they can ID certain phones or certain tablets. And, and if they have the right authorization, let them onto the control network automatically or whatever. You know, th- these things are happening. It's starting to change how we're doing business. And it's going to continue to do so as it becomes more entrenched. So um, it, it's a bit overplayed in the media with IT, but BYOD and, and mobile that's that's the biggest story i think oh, even it, bigger than uh, than the building technology i think one of the things that uh, we have an education show as well called edtech that we talk a lot about byod because uh in the world of education you have all of these professors and that's one of the things that that has driven it in the education market are these not necessarily the students but it's the professors who, who walk in and, and they have an iPad now or they have an, an Android uh, tablet or they have a, a Kindle Fire and they want to be able to circumvent the installed PC or circumvent the installed laptop and just use their own device and that has propagated it there. So yeah, I, 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 would, I would definitely give you that. Um, all right, so no, let's... That's, that, Tim? Yes, sir. That's an interesting development though um, because doing some education installs that, that we do, you're starting to see now, remember what it used to be as well, we can't really progress to here for this because, for this device or technology because the instructors don't want it, don't want it, don't want it, mm-hmm. they're not used to it, they're, all their stuff is on VC. We're starting to see a lot of the educators now pushing for my, from my tablet or let me flick mm-hmm. it through the air stream, airport or whatever. It, that's a dynamic change where it was the in-house technology guys pushing for it and the resistance was from the educators a lot of those educators are now finally coming along. Now, is that because the technology is so ubiquitous and that, um, th- that, that they're finally so comfortable with it? Or is it that there's a new generation coming up and they're just pushing that? I don't know, but it's, it's a dramatic change. I don't know if you're seeing it on your end. Actually, I'll, I'll answer the question, George. I think it's both. Um, I, I use my dad as an example a lot when it comes to this show and technology in general. My father is a very nice 62-year-old gentleman. <laughs> but he's not the most tech-savvy in the world. Um, growing up, I was the one who set the, the, you know, the time on the VCR. And so the fact that my father has an, an iPad now and a lot of times uh, does better at it than I do uh, is I think some of that is the devices, George, because, yes, you're going to have um, the nursing faculty who has a, 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 a lesson on VHS. They don't make it anymore, and you know what? She's going to be... Uh, bound and determined to play that VHS tape until she retires, regardless of what anybody else says. But then you're going to have maybe a half a generation down. I'm I'm not even going to give you a full generation. Maybe five or six years uh, younger than that. And they get it. You know what? You can convert this as long as you have the copyrights and all the the rights. All the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed. You can convert that to other media. You can convert it to DVD. You can can get a a physical... um, a copy of it somewhere or a digital copy of it somewhere. And these people are embracing mobile. And, and it can, technically, they're still calling it mobile regardless of its tablet or its phone. They're embracing mobile. So you have not only the younger generation coming up who have lived with technology their entire life. You have the other end of the spectrum who traditionally these two groups have been at odds. And now they're joining forces together saying, hey, 
I've got this, these great devices and I want to use them. So in the past, people, uh, the, 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 the stalwarts and the, the ensconced, you know, older faculty members were, were, who were typically the, um, the, uh, the, 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 um, oh, the, the rock in the road, as it were, you know, the, the, uh, the hindrance to technology uh, advances. Now they're becoming one of their greatest proponents because the uh, devices themselves are becoming not only so ubiquitous, but also so user-friendly. All right, apparently the Canadian government have list, has uh, list, lifted the restriction on internet use, and uh, our buddy Mr. Ooh. Matt Scott from Omega Audio Video in London, Ontario, Canada has joined us. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me. Thanks for waiting for me. <laughs> As, yeah, our, our government, they're so picky these days. They are. You know. Friday afternoons between noon and three, you can use the internet, but... Oh, they're socialists. It happens. <laughs> It's not a real socialist country. It's you no, know, but you, kind you of. have the queen. Yeah, but she's not really. And you know what? She 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 was she took a ding, you know, from me because she shot her her Christmas message in three D. Yeah, you didn't watch it in three D. Uh, Timothy, I'm hurt. I do not have a three D device on. Purpose. I I haven't yet watched it myself. So in right. anything, we uh, 3 D video cast nothing. Viewmaster, um, beta the. Uh, We've been talking we, we, about. We got this brand new for Christmas. It's awesome. You got a beta. Beta Max. Well, that is. I don't awesome. know if you guys have heard of it, but it is high def. The Queen sent it over to us. It's it's hot. Via mail, like snail yeah. mail. Now, I'll send it. Matt. Yes, ma'am. Matt, you're not fooling anyone. Everyone knows Canada's 20 years behind us, not 30. Well, they, oh, I know. I'm sorry. So they have laser. Yes. They have laser discs. And we got high eight. High eight and laser discs. I opened a high eight. Oh my gosh. Woo. That camcorder. I can put it on my shoulder and stuff. We are going to be shooting some amazing broadcasts with it. Yeah, and it's only 20 pounds. It's only 20 pounds. <laughs> um, all right, Mr. Oh Scott. Gosh. Matt was like three 20 years ago. So. Um, I'm we, hurt. I'm we, hurt. I was almost nine. Shut up. My birthday's in two days, man. I, yeah. I was almost nine. And I two just, 20 years ago. And I, I just know. had my 20th class reunion for high school. So, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're talking uh, the year of 2012. We haven't gotten to 2013 yet. Uh, so far, we've said it's the year of OLED. Extron not being at Infocom, which was a fun conversation. Uh, the year of Nest and the next big market for AV, uh, which is smart buildings. Um, Don went to the Infocom 100 and not only was at the talk there, but that really does make a whole lot of sense when it comes to the Nest and other ubiqu ubiquitous controls. Guys like you um, and George and Don and... and Guys who actually work for a living, you know, apart from me, um, who do, who actually do this. Like you teach. I teach. <laughs> I teach and I install, you know, classroom I stuff. I know, I know. You're our hero. Yeah. So, anyhow, so what was one or two uh, stories for you for 2013? Well, kind of the, the two biggest stories for me, being the lighting control guy that I am, really was this convergence of, you know, smart technologies and automation and actually really seeing it happen beyond the walls, the traditional walls of AV. You know, we're getting beyond projectors and da 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 da, da and getting into this, this, you know, and again, Nest brought it together, Apple brought it together. All these different technologies have brought it together to, to really make it more of a reality and more of a, a spec in the future. And I think it's just going to continue to evolve uh, into 2013 and 2014 as people just keep trying to get more and more out of every device that they put in, you know, 
in their in their office or and in their home. So I think that was kind of the the one biggest one for me was kind of the the convergence um, and the the true automation side and being you know since you brought this up in the the prelim uh, being the Apple fanboy that I am um, was one of the biggest tech stories for me was again just Apple and and what it's done and who it's fighting and uh, what its stock price has done recently which I'm not overly happy about. Um, but that that's kind of been one of the big ones. You know, we really were starting to see it in, you know, every single automation company from the big boys last year. And now we're seeing it in everything. Everybody is using it. Everyone is using tablets. Everyone is using, you know, these devices that, you know, the late Steve Jobs kind of brought out and, uh, you know, had the, the main vision for. So I, for me, again, I'm a fanboy. I know it. But that was that was kind of my other really really big story that I saw. That was actually one that we that we kind of uh, glossed over was the fact that yeah, Apple and Samsung um, were at each other's throat the entire year. And and one of the things that that I think Don you know mentioned the fact that when we're talking about Extron, Extron is in this industry and they are the big player in this. They are a big player in this industry, but they're only in this industry. Samsung, yeah. on on the other hand. They're huge in this industry, but they're also huge outside of this industry. And so there are things that happen outside of the AV world that directly affects us. Well, um, and, and, and that's been, you know, such a big thing is as soon as you got outside of our world, this is all you see. You see Apple and you see Samsung. Yeah. And, you know, I think this is kind of going back to that whole, you know, Sony Panasonic thing of the 80s, um, which I only remember a little bit of. But, (laughs) sorry, Um, you know, we're kind of seeing that behemoth head again with, you know, with all the lawsuits, with all the devices that look the same, with just, you know, the applications going down the road. And every I don't off the top of my head, I can't think of a single person I know who doesn't have either a Samsung or an Apple device in their house. Everybody's got it. No, that's valid. I think everybody on this Channel, on this call, has, yeah. Because <laughs> Dawn, you have an Android. Yes. Is it a Samsung Android? Uh, no. Well, no. There you go. Oh well, thanks for killing my yeah. Thanks for killing my assessment. <laughs> 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 but, but we do have Apple products. We have an okay, iP- perfect. An, yes. an iPod Touch and several multiple iPods between my Mr. Av Dawn and I. So Mr. Uh, Av Dawn. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Mr. Avi Don. Jeez, don't, don't, don't. Sorry. <laughs> He's going to get a big head or something. <laughs> well, er, he is bigger. a CTSD. Bigger. <laughs> See, you know what? I didn't I didn't want to say bigger. Um, <laughs> all right. So, yeah, I, I do have a Samsung. You're, you're a big, but I also have an iPad, uh, an iPad. So I'm, I don't know, I'm, I'm agnostic. So, you know, I, I like everybody. Well, not everybody. There's a couple of people I don't like, but we won't go there. Uh, still, still he on. has me on the show, yeah. and and yet still, still I... <laughs> it's great. Oh, it's, it's like love in the it's room, like old really home is. week. Um, and yes, you know, because because you're from New York and you scare me. Uh, <laughs> all right, that's my excuse. But what about his? You're afraid of the Canadians? What is that all about? No, nobody's. No afraid one's of afraid of Canadians. Canadians. Are you kidding? The only people we're less afraid of are the French. So. <laughs> And we got some of those too, so you know. You have an entire There's province. Your <laughs> yeah, that's your problem. I gotta All tell right. you right now, Nickelback scares me. Okay. 
It scares all. I, I, one, <laughs> one day I'll tell you a story about Alanis Morissette and I. So, um, it's not a good story. It's just you know, it's a story. Uh, Don, we're going to start with you, ladies first. Uh, 2013 is a few days away, so uh, be the smartest woman in the room and tell me what's going to happen next year. I will continue having a job. Woo! <laughs> that was what? my other big news for 2012. I'm working. I'm working. That should have been our biggest stinking story of the year is that someone finally wisened up and Somebody hired Miss Don. Yes. That stimulus, Dawn, it worked. Yeah, right. right. Yes. <laughs> um, 2013, you know, I, I mean, the past couple years have been a whole lot of more of the same. I mentioned this, you know, just talking off the air with you guys, that the past few years at Infocom, have been, it, it, at the show, have been kind of meh because there was like, oh, there's some new things, but they're really not that new. They're not that exciting, you know, so... Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping this is total prognostication and not at all based on any kind of fact or insider information whatsoever. So, you know, don't buy stock based on this or anything. But um, I'm hoping that this is the year that just something thrilling and exciting comes out that, that we all just can't shut up about after Infocom. Um, you know, you're listening manufacturers, get on that. Um, but, you know, I, I unfortunately do think it's going to be a lot more of the same. We're going to have a lot more... BYOD, we're going to have a lot more mobile, we're going to have a lot more IT companies and, and facilities kind of all coming together under one roof, and we're going to have a lot more of infighting with all the different companies. Yay! <laughs> Yay. And, and, you know, so maybe someone will do something really boneheaded that we can make fun of for a whole year, um, not getting the joke too old, but um, something new and boneheaded. But, I mean, I just see 2013 as being like, We've got some traction. We're moving. We're we're doing work. We're you know, recovering as an industry faster than than the overall economic recovery based on the Infocom economic reports. So uh, it's just going to be more of the same. Let's let's keep the train moving and keep business coming and keep growing as an industry. And whether that means moving into the to the the mobile devices or whether it means moving into the smart buildings or whatever, but I, I think it's just going to be a good year to keep working. I don't want to. Dawn is in is in Maryland, and so uh, one of the things that she does a lot, uh, both for her company and, and and ones that she's worked at in the past, is done a lot of government stuff. And so I'm not asking for a political statement, Dawn. But let's be realistic. We had an election. We elected um, a president again. Same guy. Is that going to have either the the lack of an election cycle or the fact that we have um, the same administration going to be? Uh, going to do anything for the industry, either in in and around the Beltway or or outside of there. Well, and this is something that we're all kind of holding our breath for the next 15, 20 days about. Um, and in fact, it'll be less time than that. But the, the, the biggest thing that could totally just jam up what I just said entirely and 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 screw us screw screw us over as an industry, pardon the expression, is yeah. uh, you know if we, if we fall off this cliff. It's going to majorly and downwardly impact all of the government spending, which will also impact a whole lot of the the corporate spending. Um, And the biggest predicted hit markets for that cliff, if we fall off the cliff, all the the wonks that I've been reading in the political news and in the business news have all been saying the IT industry, of which AV is Mm -hmm. pretty part of these days, is the one that's going to really get hammered. So, 
hold your breath and cross your fingers and toes and everything else that, that both sides of the aisle come together and fix this cliff mess uh, before we fall off of it. Because if we fall off of it, everything I said is negated. <laughs> we will all be twirling downwards, uh, hopefully with not with a flusher, but, you know. Is that it, because of the, the major hit that defense spending takes? I mean, defense spending is scheduled to take a, a big hit. Um, there are a lot of payroll and, and business taxes that are going to either be raised or going to be impacted somehow that that small businesses are going to be at a disadvantage big companies are going to be at a massive disadvantage i mean just i've been reading just plain out business journal type news and you know um wall street journal and and you know u.s news and a lot of the i i, I get the smart brief I'm, I'm not sure if you're familiar with smart brief mm-hmm. they send out a bunch of basically aggregate they're an aggregator and they send out aggregate news stories and i don't even know forbes and just all the major players have been talking just over the past two weeks that if the fiscal cliff happens it's hosed and all the it papers are like please please fix this because our business is going to be really hurting and it's just so many different laws either being repealed or going into effect or being curtailed all at once and that's what the fiscal cliff is it's not just a single thing that's happening it's all of these things are either expiring or passing or you know taking effect all at once and it's just a bad confluence of of karma (laughs) basically but if it hits that's where the problem is it's it's not just a single thing like defense cuts but defense cuts are part of it you know and i mean you, you just really have to get out there and, and find an article that just explains the whole cliff to see each little piece of it and how it's going to impact us. But the sum total is if they don't fix it, we're hosed. And I don't want that to happen. So no, I don't think anyone does. Being hosed would be bad. And that would be bad. bad. <laughs> um, all right, Mr. Tucker, um, give me one or two things. Cause you were, you were pretty close last year when you said this was the year of OAD. So uh, give me another one for, for 2013. I got, two, I got two for you that I've been thinking a lot about. Um, one, is the, uh, the, the old TV model will finally start to show its signs of weakness and actually start to fade away. Uh, by that I mean the Hulus, the content direct to you through Netflix and Boxy and the rest will be uh, spurred on and it'll be the economics of the situation that says, hey, I don't want to have to buy the cable boxes and everything be encrypted and the local cable channels being encrypted as well will spur people to go, I want the content when I want it and I don't want to have to see all the a la carte, uh, the non-a la carte stuff. Uh, I think that's a huge thing that's going to move forward where uh, even uh, made for web and made for direct distribution movies are the fastest and biggest growing part of Hollywood and and uh, the content creation uh, marketplace. Uh, and the second is the 3D printing maker bot type stuff is going to show itself to be very useful by the end of next year. And I think we'll actually see products being presented retail at things like Dream Vendor or through your um, like Pirate Bay and the rest that provide you with the printing materials and plans to print them out as objects. Uh, I can see enclosures for touchscreens and uh, uh, light light fixtures and, and lighting covers and stuff like that being uh, very popular and direct to sale. And if you're correct, I see even more people jumping, jumping on the DMCA wagon and saying, hey, protect my copyright because he just downloaded and, and printed off a, a Pro 2 from Chris John. So... 
Um, I'm somewhat kidding, but I'm not really. Because <laughs> if, well, if they start printing stuff, people will start saying, hey, you know, that's you just printed off, you know, a 1975 Buick. Well, I think, well, that sounds like that uh, uh, Johnny Cash song. Johnny right? Cash. Yeah, 65, 67, 68, 69, 74, 75. Oh, Automobile. <laughs> piece by piece. I love that song. Um, but uh, Just for the record, that was know, the first time Johnny Cash has ever been mentioned on this show, but go ahead. I don't know if that's true, but. I can um, play it right now. Thank you. That being said, I think we're about five or six years away from even simple circuit boards being printed on these printers in a way that's mass producible. Maybe I'm not up on the stuff and someone from our DIY show will correct me when they hear this. Um, but I think we're very close that this is the cusp with the pop-up stores uh, this Christmas from several 3D printers in Man- and major urban, especially New York and others. You're going to see a huge uptick in I don't need to buy and make it. Uh, you want to be an interior designer? I don't need to find the 1930s Bakelite, Bakelite, however you want to say it, knobs. I'll just make one that looks like it. But, George, isn't this sort of in the same vein as late 90s music aficionados, aficionados, easy for me to say, um, where they were the ones who were on one-offing, you know, you know, taking music and, and compressing it down and making it, making it available to other people. It wasn't the mass production that really, um, that really, you know, got it going. It was these guys who were trying to share it with their friends that really kind of greased the wheels, and then all of a sudden, here comes Napster and said, hey, I can do this, and do-do-do-do, and then, mm-hmm. holy cow, you know, Katie by the door, it's it's done. It, it, it is what it is. It's all out in the wild, and they've been working for 13 years, 14 years now, trying to get the, the get, them, get it back together. Um, but it was these guys who were just kind of, um, you know, doing it for the love of it, really, Um mm-hmm. And I think I, that's kind of how I see this 3D printing thing. So, I think the transition will be shorter than we think. Yeah. Uh, simply because it's so useful. And if they are able to print circuit boards that work right off the bat and are durable enough, which I think is, is a little bit away but is very near term possible, you've got an explosion on your hand that will change everything. Well, George, I got to agree with you. The, the thing I'm seeing with the 3D printing that gets me so excited about it and uh, that is really going to just transform how it's used is not even in the guys replicating scale models and, you know, hopefully a pro two, which would be really cool. Um, but it's the guys that are going to be able to have a concept and, and build it the next day. And, you know, it's something where in the, you know, early years of trying to get an idea off the ground, you conceptualize it, you'd get an idea and then you'd have to go find money to send this off and get a prototype of it so that you could then go to, you know, whoever it is, Home Depot or Walmart or whatever you're trying to do to sell that product. Now we're going to get guys in their garage, you know, just coming up. And I don't know why we're, they're always in their garage. Maybe they're upstairs. Who knows? But no, anyways, it's, it's the garage. It's usually the garage. <laughs> but, you know, you're going to get, a, you know, a guy or two guys or three guys are going to come together and they're going to have this concept. And within honestly, a matter of hours, they're going to be able to have a working prototype. And, you know, granted, this will really get there as soon as, as just as you said, George, they're able to produce durable uh, chipsets and, and boards. But even without that, the fact that you're able to go from conception to working prototype in a matter of hours with very minimal investment 
is where we're really going to see this stuff take off. You're going to start having so many, you know, smaller little manufacturers that are going to pop up with useful products and, you know, really just great things that are going to be so low cost and so easy to obtain and mass produce that, you know, again, it's just like when, you know, Facebook and Twitter started and they just instantly took off and had, you know, you know, multi-million followers and et cetera. You're going to see that now for manufacturing because it's just it's going to be such a faster timeline and as soon as they get motherboards it's going to be just absolutely ridiculous because again you'll design it you'll conceptualize it and it'll be out the door and you'll instantly you know you'll show up at CES and be like boom here it is we're done boom yeah boom boom that just happened <laughs> that just happened good unless you're in Canada then it will take twice as long well exchange rate and sorry. you know currency and stuff yeah it is what it is it's the burden I bear. It is. <laughs> All right. Um, well, since we're talking to you, Mr. Scott, where um, where do you see 2013 taking us uh, beyond the 3D printing? Well, do you want the Canadian side or, or, or the the world? The Give global? me the world. The world. Yeah, because uh, George, again, your your cable box and Roku was awesome, but yeah, Ro- we're not gonna Ro- s- Roku. Roku. Sorry. Roku. Sorry. Sorry. My bad. Um, it rocks, no. though. It does rock. <laughs> it does rock. <laughs> Unless you live in Canada, then it, it just kind of sucks. Well, then it, then it uh, rocks. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't even rock. It's like, it, it rolls. <laughs> Anne-Marie. Anne-Marie. Oh, Wow. Really? <laughs> that even hurts me. Wow. wow. Sorry. I'm going to mute myself. <laughs> um, 2013, I... I really see an expansion of, you know, as I talked about from 2012, I see a big expansion of the the whole interconnectivity. We're we're just going to continue to see more and more people that, uh, you know, especially in the in the corporate world and whatnot, are needing us as AV integrators to integrate anything and everything they can think of, and you know, we're going to see less and less st- uh, strict guidelines as far as what devices are going to be allowed uh, in, in that corporate sending. I, I think we're really going to see, um, you know, just as, you know, Don kind of touched on that whole bring your, bring your own device thing is going to really explode like crazy. I, in my personal opinion, we're going to see that. And in turn, that's really going to make our life much, much harder <laughs> because you're going to have to, you know, as you're designing whatever system you're designing, you're really going to have to look at how you're using it uh, and how your clients are going to use it. It's not going to be the the one size fits all that we've used as a as a business model for so many years. Uh, I know even in residential, we're seeing that dramatically. Um, one of the other big things that I kind of see is the expansion of uh, some of the LED stuff. Um, not necessarily in displays and stuff like that, but as far as lighting cues completely down the road. Um, it's something where, yes, we're getting a boatload of stuff from all of our good friends in China um, that doesn't really work and is very, very hard to deal with uh, from a control standpoint. But we're also starting to see some local manufacturers and some local companies that are doing some just absolutely crazy things. Uh, and, and I think that's one thing that we're really going to finally get away from you know, seeing – boardrooms and and facilities with just rows and rows of T8s everywhere. We're actually going to start to see people utilizing LED properly 
and, you know, again, allowing us to control it really, really well. So that's, that's kind of my, my two main things. And hopefully in Canada, we'll see some slight lift on the, the proverbial jail and dungeon in which we are allowed to consume media because it's garbage. Do do, Do you want me to tell you what happened at the end of MASH? No, I've seen that. <laughs> okay. No, hey, no. you know what? I'm but it, just... but it, it premiered like two weeks ago. Okay, there you go. So, mm, yeah, I can't wait for Aftermath. Yo, yes, you can. Oh, my gosh, that was horrible. What? Aftermath was <laughs> god-awful. I mean, and I watched first runs of the... I was a huge MASH fan. Well, I'm really excited because I hear that there's this great new show called West Wing that's starting. There is. There yeah. Is. Wow. Yeah, I'm really excited. I think it's it's supposed to debut like next spring or something for us. It's going to be great. Wait till yeah. you see Leave it to Beaver. You'll be pulled over. Blown away. <laughs> oh Blown away. That sounds like a great show. I can't wait to watch it. It's not an actual beaver. I'm just... <laughs> There's not yeah. a, I know that's it's the not national an, animal of your country. It's not a nature show, no. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. I was like, this is perfect. We'll see it build dams and flap its tail. Oh. <laughs> Priceless. You know, you know what, Don? Here's here, from Auntie Moose. Here's, here's, here's the sad thing. In Canada, it really was a real beaver. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, all right, here's, here, here's my own 2013. Uh, kind of going off of Matt and a little bit of Don's. Uh, I see 2013 as being BYOD and also more of that. And in, in a year where we see second and third screen uh, things happening, because with the prevalence of Apple products and things like it with AirPlay and other things that will allow you to send your display or send your presentation to another display that's on the same network. You have the capability of having a second and third screen from your tablet or from your laptop. And so you've got people from the top, and we talked about you know the, the older uh, ensconced faculty earlier uh, driving this. You also have the CEOs, and let's not be coy here. If the CEO wants something, nine times out of ten, he's going to get it. And so he's going to be at home with his teenager saying, hey, isn't my iPad cool? And in the back of his head, he's going, why can't I do this in the office? And bada-bing, bada-boom, he can. Uh, So that's why I see this being a third screen uh, year because of BYOD and things like AirPlay. And the other thing is is a resolution war or a resolution... um, I don't know. Walkabout. <laughs> Let's use our, our buddy, our, our buddy Tom Andrews uh, from from Australia's uh, you know term. A walkabout because uh, George mentioned we did a, a show earlier um, on on 4K uh, for the guys over at CE Pro, uh, which should be on their website here in the next week or so. And we learned an awful lot. It was one of the things was you've got this 4K thing now, and it's called UH. It's referred to as UHD Ultra HD. And it, it, you've got, you know, whether you're looking at, at 4K in 3D, which is in essence, you know, double 1080p, uh, or you're talking about, you know, where the content's coming from or, or, you know, resolution size or screen size and, and this, that, and the other. 4K is here, as it were, and it's going to be continue to, to be driven not only by residential, but also by the consumers more so than 3D ever was. Um, yes, the content issue is going to be there. And yes, you know, how we're getting it to people is going to be there. But the fact that you have people like YouTube already geared up, you can download 4K content, you can't stream it yet. But you can if somebody uploads something in 4K on YouTube, you can download it. That right there is pretty freaking cool. And I could be I could be wrong on this. It's something that 3D never really had 
was that web interface, was that web content, that web content, which, in my opinion, and back to George's point, I think that this is also the year that the old model for television, as we've all known it, and as we've all grown up with it, will start to crumble. Not saying it's going away today or tomorrow, next year even. I'm not even going to give it a date. Um, Because for the foreseeable future, you're still going to have live TV. You're still going to have people out in the outer reaches, especially in the good old United States, uh, where people are still working with dial-up in the outer reaches of places like Wyoming and Nebraska. But for the major metropolitan cities, um, I'm sorry to say that that our our good old buddies, the broadcasters, uh, are going to start losing uh, market share pretty, pretty quickly. Um, And so you've got all of these things kind of working together to bring about the, the next uh, evolution of the internet, uh, which we love because that's how we get our, our show out. Um, but it's also how other people uh, will, are, are able to get their ideas and get their content uh, to people. You don't need a stick uh, anymore. Um, a couple of years ago, NAB, uh, which is the National Association of Broadcasters, in their magazine, they wrote a piece uh, called Does It Matter What Your Call Sign Is? Uh, because in the in the age of uh, HD and digital and, and, and cable and this, that, and the other, um, the fact that you call yourself Channel 5 or you call yourself, you know, this, that, and the other, it doesn't make a bit of difference. Uh, in St. Louis, Channel 5 is our NBC affiliate. Well, Channel 5 is technically what it is on the charter channel. Uh, if you have DISH, it's something different. If you have DirecTV, it's something different. If you want the digital version or the HD version, it's something completely different. And so the moniker is going to have to change as we all move to uh, the Internet as, as our main pipe and as our main, uh, as our main stick. Uh, and if you don't know what stick is in, in the world of broadcast, a stick is your transmitter tower. So that's my 2013 two cents, kids. Um, anybody have any, any, any wrapping up, any, any final comments for 2012? Nobody. It was a good year. It was an okay I year. I thought it was a pretty good year. I had a good time. George? It was all right. It was all right. <laughs> I will say this. 2012 had about four that I can think off the top of my head apocalypses scheduled, and we survived them all, including And I didn't get a single t-shirt. Yeah. Jeez. Well, yeah. I have some photos we took back at the rapture in May when, you know, allegedly we were all floating up to heaven. I forgot about that one. We, we had a, several other ones since then, including the recent Mayan one. And uh, knock on wood, so far we're all, we're all okay. So 2013, bring it, because we all survived 2012. Well, you know, the science, uh, was it science, science, Scientific American or one of those journals uh, said that there are scientists who now say they have mathematical proof that this is really a simulation. So who knows? Oh my! So we, so we are all in the matrix. See all those years of playing Sim City, and you destroyed it at will. Does that mean I can fly now? Uh, don't yes. try it. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, no, 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 dude, totally go for it. Just make sure, <laughs> just make sure you're using your Delta card first. My my Delta card. Use your Delta card. Get on the plane, and then oh, you'll fly. Oh, very nice. All see, right, that see, was, see what that. I did there. That was Cana- that was Canadian humor, is what that no, was. It wasn't funny, but it filled airtime. So, <laughs> and again, mouse in a bottle. That was Canadian right. humor. All right. um, in Canada, that joke is killing. It is. Um, Just guys are yeah. It's it'll be funny. It, Trust me. Later, in twenty years, <laughs> that will be funny. Um, on a seriously, not seriously, I can't do anything serious. 
on a personal note, I would like to say thank you to each of the, the three of you guys, because if you don't know these three, as well as my buddy Michael Drainer, uh, help me do this thing on a week in and week out and month in, month out basis. So uh, seriously, um, none of us get paid for this, but uh, you guys keep coming back and and I do appreciate it. So thank you all very much. Uh, you have made 2012 a very nice, um, have been, it's been very nice. So thank you guys very much. Thanks for putting up with us. <laughs> you, Don, in a heartbeat. The other two, <laughs> well. Yeah, but see, look at it this way. At, at least now you can say you quasi have a Canadian friend. I do. His name is Brock McGinnis, and he's very. Oh, <laughs> oh, man. Boom. That's set up cool. door closed. <laughs> I could have used Adrian Boyd, but he's he's technically yeah, in the U.S. now. Yeah, so he doesn't count. <laughs> Just like no, you, you no. know what? Brock yeah. said you don't count as a Canadian. You still technically live there. So he goes, where is it? London, Ontario? Yeah, they don't count. Yeah, so. they don't count. All well, right. this is Brock's from the, the great city slash country of Toronto. Where everyone who lives in Toronto lives in Canada. Everybody else is just kind of there. Oh, jeez. <laughs> wow. Is that kind of like Chicago and Illinois? Well, yeah. It's like Chicago, yeah. Illinois, or like George, correct me if I'm wrong, but New, New York. York. New York, yeah. most, most people in New York, they're like, hold on, you're from where? Is that in the States? I'm, I'm from Rochester. Or is that in Brooklyn? <laughs> yeah. If that's in Brooklyn, yeah, okay. But what? Wyoming? I think once you get oh. past the Ohio border, people will start saying that. But Oh, always. <laughs> Did I say that out loud? I'm sorry. <laughs> is this thing on, you know, George? I, I, hello? Is this thing on? Um, what, what, <laughs> one, what, two, Two, yes. Oh, I'll get back to my old audio days. Check one. Um, to, to, your, to your thing about the AV Nation, this is a labor of love. Yeah. And uh, I really appreciate working with all of you guys, even the Canadians. And... Um, <laughs> you know, it's a labor of love, and we love doing it. And, if the, and those of you who are listening... Uh, you know, we'd love to hear what you have to say. We'd love your comments and we love your story ideas. And we want your voice on this radio to, uh, on the show as well. Radio and in, in podcast. Oh, call it a radio. It makes me feel better. Yeah. Okay. There you go. It's got warm tubes. Um, mm. um, it's hum for a while. Yeah. But we know we do. Reality, Seriously, guys, we do want yeah, you we, on. We would, we would do this anyway. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the four, five, you know, six of us, whoever guests we bring on, we would just get online and chat amongst ourselves anyhow. But the fact that people out there actually listen, it that's you know makes me warm and fuzzy. So, thanks, yes. thanks for listening. We appreciate you. We do. We absolutely do. And if you have friends that are not listening, if your coworkers are not listening, they should be. Run them down and and, and harass them. Uh, what was Yeah. One thing I, I will say. Um, I've been reading a. Dawn and I. Dawn beat me to my to her masters. Uh, but I'm in the process of doing my master's, and I'm doing it on, on a particular, I'm doing a critical study on a particular blog, and one of the books I'm reading uh, is by Rebecca Blood, um, called The Weblog Handbook. And one of the things that she that she said in there, and I'm really digressing here, and I apologize, is, uh, and this is written in 2000, 2001, so understand some of the context, because she, she calls it a weblog still. She said, you know what, if you if you understand that why you're doing it and who you're doing it for. And as long as you continue to love to do it, you know, continue to do it. And that's the, the when you get when you get beyond the you know metrics of how many people are listening, and, and you get beyond all of that. Because I'll be honest, I was I was that way for the first you know six months or so. You know, how many people are downloading this? How many people? Are, well, you know what? It doesn't matter. As long as we still love to do it, it doesn't matter how many people are listening. Um, I'm still going to do it. You know, and if it's just me and, and and you three at the end of the day, that's cool too, because we have fun and. 
and uh, we kick around some ideas and and hopefully uh, one of us, four of us have learned something at the end of the day. Right on. So, all right. Uh, that young lady is AV Dawn. She is Dawn Mead. She works for a company called NetAV. Check them out if you would please, but also check out our website, avdawn.com. She writes for uh, rave, uh, rave pubs from time to time and uh, other things. Uh, where else can people find you, ma'am? I'm on Twitter, at avdawn. And I'm uh, in Maryland, so if you're ever near D.C., you know, come see us. Just not right now. It's snowing there. So. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's snowing. Uh, Mr. Uh, uh, our Canadian friend, Mr. Matt Scott from Omega Audio Video. Has it snowed there for Christmas, sir? It finally has. Okay. We've got about six, maybe eight inches on the ground. Wow. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, I'm, I'm still missing my snow. So no, How I'm many sorry. centimeters is that? <laughs> no, no clue. No clue. But don't, don't tell people. You are a bad Canadian, a dude. Con- dude, I don't even know how cold it is in Celsius. Here, I look here. outside, I'm like, oh, cool, it's 28. And, and they he- look at me, they're like, what? I'm sorry. And he's a Cowboys fan. <laughs> I know. Yeah, he's a bad I, I don't know how Sunday's going to go, but I'm hoping. I'm not. So, Don, I, you will be getting a text. I, I know you're not really. A, yeah, I know. You'll still get in a text. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, here, here's the problem <laughs> with American football right now. I'm a rabid Bears fan. And because I'm a rabid Bears fan, normally I hate with loathing um, the you Green Bay Packers. Blacker. <laughs> But this Sunday, I am the world's biggest Packers fan because if they beat the the um, uh, Minnesota and the Bears beat Lions, the Bears are in the playoffs. So I'm I, the, I'm the, I don't think it's going to happen. But which maybe. part? Because <laughs> I'm I'm hoping for anything right now. Uh, how can uh, my regular season's over? So yeah. uh, it, it was over a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I'm I'm just I'm I'm looking forward to spending a nice mellow birthday. Hopefully, watching the Cowboys win. I might even break out a jersey. We'll That's see. That's crazy. Eh, we'll do what we can. I, I, I can send jersey, you. But... I can send you an RG three <laughs> jersey if you'd like. No, it's not a Rough Riders jersey. Although I unfortunately know what that means, which scares me. How can people uh, find you, Mister Scott? I can be found very, very easily. I'm the only guy in Canada. No, I'm just kidding. Um, call your brother Joe in Vancouver. He knows where I'm at. Uh, no, officially, you can find me online uh, on Twitter at Matt D. Scott at Omega Audio Video. You can find me on the, the webs at OmegaAudioVideo.com, uh, MattDScott.com, uh, etc. See, what's funny about that is I actually have an Uncle Bob that lives uh, in Ontario. So Nice. Yeah, we, we live beside each other. It's perfect. Relatively speaking, he lives out in the middle of the lake with a log uh, road going to it. But yes. Well, you speaking. know, it's, it's Canada, right? So yes. there's 30 people. So, hey, he, you he, must know my friend. He's one of them, yeah. Perfect. <laughs> uh, um, as opposed to George Tucker, who lives, you know, in the only city in the entire world, New York, New York. <laughs> um, actually, you're, you're Yonkers, so. Yeah, it's technically New York. It's, well, technically, it's all New York. Yeah. I got um, a backyard. That's the only difference. Jeez. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> Enough. Uh, how can people find you, Mr. Tucker, from uh, from uh, World Stage, sir? Uh, as you said, I am Tucker Twos on Twitter. I have a blog called Tucker Twos ty- at Typepad. Uh, yeah, I see you got me doing it now. Sorry. Tucker's Tuesday, typepad.com. Yeah, I'm too cheap to buy a URL at the moment. Um, and, you know, some people are kind enough to reprint my stuff in custom retailer and things like that. So. All right. Um, if you would like to follow me, it is uh, TD Tim David Albright, A L B R I G H T, on Twitter. 
But here's a better idea. Um, as Don said, we and, and everybody else said, we really appreciate you listening. So check us out. Uh, we have a Facebook page. We have a Google Plus page. We're on LinkedIn. We have a group. Join it. Uh, you'll find out when the the new post, uh, the new show posts, and the other things that we're doing will post. Uh, we're also on Twitter, uh, AV Nation TV, uh, as well as AV Week Pod is the podcast one. I need to start doing something with that one because it, it has followers, but I don't post to it. So. Do the Aviation TV one. That one works. So, yeah. Uh, or you can go by the website because Mr. Matt Scott has spent an awful lot of time on it. Uh, Aviation.tv. Aviation.tv. You'll hear this podcast as well as the others, the education show. We have a DIY one that George uh, does a really good job with. Uh, Live Life and also the Social AV Show. Um, so check it out. Aviation.tv. Aviation.tv. That is all the time we have for AV Week. 